The painter Vincent van Gogh had a conversion experience around 1875 when he was working as an art dealer in the Netherlands. And he became a missionary to coal miners. It was actually quite effective, but his methodology was somewhat uh, unusual and he was fired. Shortly thereafter, his uncle and father, both Dutch clergy, uh, were uncomfortable with uh, the creative approach he was taking towards his faith, and he had a falling out with them. In 1880, uh, Vincent van Gogh left the church forever, feeling that he could not be an artist and be a faithful follower of Christ at the same time. And his later artwork reflects the alienation that he felt towards the church. Um, his painting, Starry Night, if we were able to thank you, you'll notice that the only building, the church, uh, that is not reflecting any light uh, is the church. Because that was his experience as an artist, that the church shut him out and gave him no nourishment. Well, All Souls has wanted to be a church that supports the arts and artists and creatives and makers. And so that's why when we wrote our values out 15, 16 years ago, one of them was a value about beauty. And it goes like this. We affirm that all beauty reflect, reflects the beauty of our creator God. We affirm the role of the artist, both in the world and in the church. We affirm the role of the arts as a means of encountering God. We affirm that through art, it's possible to experience revelations, the like of which cannot be achieved by rational thought. We affirm that beauty within the built environment recognizes an independent relationship with the natural environment. We affirm the efforts of all who seek the beauty of the built and natural environment because in doing so, they render the city of man more like the city of God. Well, tonight we're going to look at Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 to 11 as our home base text. If you have a Bible, you could turn there. The book of Exodus begins with God's children in slavery in Egypt. And of course, that's a problem because God had promised Israel to bless the world through the descendants of Abraham. So God raises up a deliverer named Moses. Moses leads Israel out into the desert. But before he can lead them into the promised land, God must form them into a worshiping community. So God gives them the law and affirms his covenant in chapters 20 to 24. And so Yahweh is... Israel's God. Israel is Yahweh's people. And so now a place must be made for Yahweh to dwell with his people. And so God calls for that in Exodus 25. God says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, so you shall make it. So God gives instructions for the tabernacle in chapters 25 to 31. 
They're broad descriptions of material to be used, dimensions, the general placement of objects, but much freedom is given to the artists to design the artwork that will go into the tabernacle. Now in chapter 31, God calls and anoints the artists to supervise the creative work in the tabernacle. And um, it begins, the Lord said to Moses, see, I've called by my name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Ur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Ohialab, the son of Ashimach of the tribe of Dan, and I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat that is on it, all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, the basin, its stand, the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, the garments of his sons for their service as priests, and the anointing oil and the fragrant incense for the holy place. According to all that I've commanded you, they shall do. Now let's think for a minute about what God does not say. He's designing his house. He's saying, I'm going to dwell with you, and this is the kind of place I want to dwell in. God does not say, build me a plain wooden box. I forbid any ornamentation, for this is wasteful. And I will dwell there. Place the box in a plain gray tent. Do not waste time or my money on colors or fabric or smells or sounds. Be practical. Use your resources as minimally as possible so you'll have more to give to the poor. He doesn't say that. To the contrary, he seems very concerned that the home in which he dwells is beautiful. He demands it. He demands that his house be filled with Beauty, its furnishings will have fine wood, gold overlay, finely crafted sculpture, a lampstand with almond flower cups, buds, blossom branches. The priest's garments are exquisite. Gold, blue, purple, scarlet yarn, fine linen. They're decorated with multicolored pomegranates, gold bills, embroidered sashes on the hem. Well, later in Israel's history, God will commission even more art. And here's just a couple of examples. Um, God instructs his artists to endure his temple with precious stones, freestanding columns. He commands an image of a bronze snake to be placed on a pole. He inspires poets to write psalms. He commissions skilled musicians to lead worship. He instructs the prophet Ezekiel to put on a play. He bids his people to celebrate him and dance. Art is so important to our God. He seems drawn to beauty. Trevetta Johnson led our congregation in worship for the first seven years, and she explained why God wants art in his house. 
in a talk she gave to the 2007 pilgrimage class on why the arts are one of our values. Here's a quote from that talk, which I still have. God commissioned art to be made by skilled craftsmen to adorn the dwelling place of God. Art was a vehicle of encounter with the presence of God, communicating the beauty, sovereignty, and holiness of God. The artist did not try to draw God for people. Rather, art communicated the truth about God. In her book, Prophetic Worship, Vivian Hibbert says the job of the Old Testament artist was to craft the sights and sounds of God. Art shows rather than tells. Art speaks a universal language of the senses that can serve as a bridge between the kingdom of heaven and earth. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote, art can warm even a chilled and sunless soul to an exalted spiritual experience. Through art, we occasionally receive, and distinctly, briefly, revelations the like of which cannot be achieved by rational thought. God values beauty. God values art. God values creativity. Uh, the author Ken Geyer put it like this, God gave us the arts as footpaths to lead us out of our hiding places and as signposts to lead us along in our search for what is lost. What is your relationship with beauty? How, how do you feel about drawing upon the resources of the arts, of natural beauty, of poetry, of writing, of theater, of drama? How do you feel about using those as means of grace, as channels that draw you closer to God. You know, a lot of us Protestants are children, well, we're all children of the Reformation and we're very much people of the book, but perhaps along the way we have forgotten that God reveals himself through beauty as well. I encourage you to add Embracing the arts as one of your spiritual practices. You know, a couple of winters ago, uh, a friend encouraged me to read T.S. Eliot's Little Gidding. And I don't know how to read poetry very well, but she helped me understand it. And it just was a holy moment. And it was at a time when I just needed to just kind of sit with that poetry for a little bit. Now, rediscovering your own creativity might be a way for you to reconnect with God as well because it reminds you that you're made in the image of God. A friend of mine is a headmaster of a private school in another state. We were talking about this and he said, if I go to my kindergartners and I say, I have a meeting tonight and I need somebody to draw me a dinosaur... Who would like to do that? Every kindergartner raised their hands. He said, that night, if I go to the parents and I say, I have a meeting in the morning, who would like to draw me a dinosaur? 
Everybody looks at the phone. What happened? I mean, if, if you're around children, they, they just naturally create, right? They dance, they sing, they act, they play. What happens? Now, I'm, I don't want to go down the path of, hey, we're all artists. You know, I, I think one of the things that, <laughs> that this passage is saying is that we're all creative because we're made in the image of a creative God, but there are some who are uniquely gifted to be artists. But I want to encourage you to explore your own creative practices as another way to encounter God. Well, the last thing we see in this passage is that God also values artists. God values creatives. He values makers. He calls the two artists who oversee the creative work in the tabernacle by name. The first artist is named Bezalel, which means in the shadow of God. And so that tells us that artists work in the shadow of God's protection. The second artist is named Ohilab, and his name means my tent is the Father God. That tells us that God is the artist's shelter and refuge. And so the church, the Christian community, should support artists, should support creatives and, and makers, but we don't always do this very well. A senior art student at a Christian college wrote a letter to her school newspaper talking about this. She said, you know, I, I came into school so excited about my calling as an artist, but by the end of my sophomore year, she said, I, I just felt like nobody valued my gifts as a creative. That everybody felt like the arts were for slackers and weirdos who couldn't make it in the real world. And she wrote, I felt I had to justify myself all the time for being an artist, and that's a terrible thing. I'm a child of God. God made me a person who sees the world differently than others, and he gave me this urge to create. But her community did not affirm this gift. One of the reasons all souls exists is to affirm and celebrate artists, creatives, and makers. It's why Matt's job title is Pastor of Worship and the Arts. It's why I, I believe God placed us in what Knoxville calls the Maker's Corridor, surrounded by art galleries and poetry readings and drama and dance. And so as, as we go into our future, let's ask the question, how can we be a cradle of creativity, a school for artists, a support network for makers and craftsmen as they go about their good work? Well, one way we can start this is by praying for our own artists and creatives and makers. Uh, God begins the construction of the tabernacle by filling the artists, doing the work with the Holy Spirit. And this is, this little verse here is probably my favorite verse in the Bible about artists. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, see, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Ur of the tribe of Judah. 
and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood for work in every skilled craft. So I don't have 10 steps to take for us to support the arts. Um, but where I thought we'd begin tonight, and I feel like we're kind of beginning again as we are in this new building, uh, I'm going to ask you to come to the table in a moment. And if you are an artist or a creative or a maker, um, I'm going to ask you to come over to this side of the room after you've taken communion, before you go back to your seat. And I've asked a couple folks to just pray for you, to pray that you might be filled with the Spirit so you can create with skill, intelligence, and knowledge with all craftsmanship. So if you would like to receive prayer before you go back to your seat, that area right there will be available for that. Lord, thank you for putting us here in the middle of a maker's corridor. I pray that you would guide us and shape us into a community that celebrates and affirms artists, makers, and creatives. Because you are the creator God. And in that hospitality, may our neighbors who are makers and creatives and artists hear the echo of your love. We ask this in your name. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord.